We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Road of His Overtime and Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland and I'm joined by Sean Siegel my co-host here on the Road of His Overtime podcast co-host of Stealing Bananas and co-owner of Rotoviz.com you can find all his great work up on the website Sean we are into well technically for the listeners this will be our fifth show of the week um, we've done two kind of normal shows three draft shows this week so lots of content coming out for people to check out to get their teeth into i don't know if you can get your teeth into audio content get your ears into it i'm not sure what the the correct way to do that is but we're going to have a fun one here to round off the week talking about adp reaches and when's the right time to reach and when's the wrong time to reach we'll be diving into that with a listener submitted question in just a moment but sean closing out the week how are how are things for you good we've been doing a lot of drafts i have a couple of rotoviz triflex startup drafts going on and those are just they're the most fun that you can have in fantasy i think one i'm doing with patrick crane who listeners will know as the superstar over at nbc sports edge and one of the best minds in dynasty the other one that i'm doing with matt jones who's been putting out some really cool content for us he's the writer of the fantasy multiverse series it's an absolute must read and one is a very high dollar one one is a little bit lower dollar one one we're kind of doing as a dynasty workshop-ish type of play the other you know pat and i need to to win with how much money we put in so it's it's a very uh, different dynamic one is out of the 103 one's out of the 111 those create some very different dynamics i'm writing about them on the site in the dynasty workshop and i encourage people to jump over there if they're thinking about getting into another dynasty league but column you and i are also drafting fast and furious in a wide variety of best ball leagues and we're going to get into some interesting questions with that today yeah we're trying to sharpen all those all those tools uh drafting in as many different formats and varieties as we can we are drafting over at the ffpc we're also drafting over at underdog 
you can sign up to underdog and use that promo code rotaviz to get yourself a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 dollars sean i did a draft with uh, zachary kruger and with pete Overzet. so you mentioned pat korean but pete and pat and then i mentioned on the last show about a kind of a, a multiverse of all the stadium banana stuff but we can probably add the ship chasing guys into that and uh, pair it all up but a real fun draft as we drafted in the super flex tournament over there at underdog and uh, that is up on the road of his youtube channel it will be up on the road of his best ball podcast feed as well but really fun times there so we're drafting all different formats and varieties and, and having a really good time with it as well we're going to move on sean now to a question that came in on twitter from parker he mentions he's digging into all the tools up on the road of his website the best ball tools specifically so he doesn't recall much conversation around this on any of the podcasts so the specific scenario that he has mentioned is what to do in spots of the draft we're taking the best player available pair the rankings on the website or pair his own personal rankings or pair your rankings would be a reach by adp he mentions the example that came for him in the best ball mini tree over at underdog.com waddle being the best player available then dj moore and deontay johnson josh allen's also in there as well and then he's asking would we take Jalen Waddle so if we look at the players that were available on the board at the time by ADP though it is Nick Chubb, Mike Williams, Josh Allen, Michael Pittman, James Connor, Jalen Waddle, Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, Ezekiel Elliott, Travis Etienne, Deontay Johnson, Darren Waller so what he's saying really is there's a lot of players there by ADP but based on your rankings then the best player available would likely be Jalen Waddle, who is in the mid-range of that ADP. So then when are we taking that player ahead of one of those other players in front and that's classed as a reach? When is it not a reach, I guess? And then, you know, at what point should we not be doing that? I think anything within, for me, I'll let you give the proper answer, but within half a round to nine picks, I think could be seen as a, a reach. But if it's a player of the right profile that you want to draft, I think those reaches are fine in my opinion you know i've been reaching a little bit if we want to call it that on rashad Bittman, for example this year but there is play certain areas where the draft becomes a little bit flatter and i think that's more where the reaches happen in this specific scenario sean what would your thoughts on how to decide whether to reach or whether to take the i guess we'll say the quote-unquote safe player at adp for example in this case nick chubb there's so much that goes into this and it is a fun element as we kind of develop through time with the way that you want to draft. And there are a variety of ways to do it. I don't think that any of the ways, at least that I prefer are necessarily wrong, but you want to think through how you want your teams built. And so we know that the structure element is going to come into play. I very strongly believe that you need to combine structure with player selection to give yourself the best chance and really create these individual seasons where you just have incredible results it's not going to happen every season and i think i mentioned on the show before that in the last say 15 years there are about four years where i feel like my rankings perform pretty poorly and you know 2022 could be that year and so one of the things that if you're worried about that element of it then you want to be even more cognizant of getting values but getting values is always going to be an important part of what we do and one way i think that might be helpful to think about this is to divide the players 
on your board into buckets of players that you want to have a very high exposure to players that you're willing to draft and you think that could be good pieces to have some exposure to when you get a value on them and then the players where you know more or less you don't think that they fit your drafting profile and they don't have very strong likelihoods of outperforming ADP you know so we talk about the big wins small loss types of players that's more or less the profile that we're going after ADP is getting sharper in terms of identifying those players and kind of moving them into a range where you know then sometimes you look at them and say well these guys are actually a little bit above what the projections say but drafters understand that from a scenario-based perspective there are a lot of different ways that they could crush and it's going to be difficult to reflect all of that in projections because you have teammates we don't know what teammate injuries are going to happen we do know the injuries will happen and one of the things that you will see is that running back injuries play a very dynamic role in the course of a season that's one of the reasons why zero rb works but teammate injuries will play or will also a wide receiver not necessarily moving backup wide receivers into a starting role and dominating for you there but it can influence the ultimate upside for the other starting wide receivers who are sort of already uh, being looked at in your lineup so there are a lot of different elements that go into that but one of the pieces that i do right before the season and i'll probably need to put out some uh, closer to the middle of the summer this year as well sort of an early look at it but priority picks other targets players that i'm not drafting you know occasionally those players i'm not drafting will hit too so that will happen but when we're looking at these players who are most likely to, to destroy adp those will be the priorities the players who are good players and probably are going to help your roster when you get a value on them the second bucket and then the guys that we tend to ignore would be the third bucket you're not going to be drafting those but by introducing some of those other players as possible draft picks below adp you're able to create some diversification within your portfolio and you're able to do it at a good price because you're not drafting those players the kind of middle group unless they're a really good value so you get those guys the ones you're a little bit more skeptical about at great prices you get your own players maybe with mild reaches we want to have exposure to them but one of the things that can be very helpful and this is something that column and i do when we draft together it's something i've done when i draft with curtis or draft with blair is you put together your board not based on your rankings but based on adp and how you expect each individual round to play out and then within that round you figure out who you're going your targets are going to be and you can deal with the scenarios that come up within the course of a draft right that also helps prepare you for that drafting you don't get hit when you're on the clock and say you know who, who am i going to pick now you, you have all of that worked out and if your targets in that round somehow are all gone at your pick you can move to the next round and that's maybe where you would take somebody who's a little bit more of a reach so to break it down a little bit more column one of the good things about playing a lot of teams and one of the things that was in this question is this is the first year uh, for this drafter to play a lot of best ball is that playing a lot of leagues then frees you up and you don't feel that pressure to reach for your guy if you're playing you know one or two leagues especially if you're playing a redraft league with you know your college friends or something that affect your work buddies then i mean you may be like i'm just going to go out and draft my guys and not worry about it and number one that's absolutely fine number two because you aren't playing 10 leagues you're not like daring your priority targets to fall 
one of the things that you can do when you're playing a bunch of leagues is you can let those guys fall and you can say, look, I'm going to get them at values as well as getting a high percentage of them. We don't want to get kind of get into a, a dynamic where the blinkers are on to such an extent that we feel like we have to have it. And this is one of the things that will come into play with rankings too, is if you look at my rankings, there are going to be a small handful of players that are so far above ADP that the instinct is perhaps to get them in every league. I would encourage people not to do that. I try to put the rankings out there from the perspective of, of where I do really see the players as being values. I think that that can help users to realize that maybe ADP isn't right, that maybe some of these players are not being thought about correctly in the wider fantasy community. But even beyond that, it's helpful to see what an individual ranker actually thinks as opposed to just seeing kind of where they maybe have made some mild tweaks and are, are essentially going with ADP. Because if you see what I think and, you know, you have your other five, six, seven favorite analysts, you know, what they think and what they really think, then you can use that information. Whereas if it's sort of watered down, then it's less informational to you, even when they're wrong. When you're actually getting the right rankings, you're getting information that you wouldn't otherwise get. So then you want to take that and you want to put it in the context of, okay, how do I need to draft on it? And, and that's sort of what we're talking about today. Yeah, that all makes great sense, Sean, in terms of it. And there is times like the thing you had on there is if you're drafting in you know four leagues, like if you draft that player twice, you have a 50% exposure at that point. You know, if you're drafting in 50 leagues and you draft them, you know, you have to draft them 25 times to have that same effect. So it all does balance out. And there will be times where we can't believe our luck when we get a player eight picks after ADP and there'll be other times where we have to take them six picks before ADP. It'll just depend. But something that Sean mentioned there that I really like doing and people will know from listening to the, the content that we're putting out in the drafts that we do, there is certain players in certain rounds that we probably don't talk very much about or we don't like, they're just not really on our list. And one of my favorite things each year is Sean's list that he mentioned there with the priorities, the targets and the kind of avoids and that there is a good process to have. It can be tricky if you're like, let's say last year, we, we weren't prioritizing Cooper Cup. That can be a little bit hurtful as the season goes on. But if you are prioritizing Debo Samuel, that can be a huge amount of joy as the season goes on. So, um, yeah, all different processes to helping you with your drafts. Another part, John, of this question, the second part was related to that, that can result in him getting a lot of players at the same spot. So Kenneth Walker, Gareth Wilson, and Devin Singletary are mentioned. And I'm in that same boat where I'm getting a lot of Devin Singletary, but at what point should he worry about being overweight on players? So is it 50% rostered? Is it higher than that? Is it lower than that? And as you mentioned earlier, he does say it's his first year playing a bunch of baseball. So another topic on that, I talked with Michael Dubner probably about a month ago to six weeks ago. We talked about when to draft, and we also talked in that episode on the Road of His Baseball podcast feed and on the Road of His YouTube channel about how to manage your bankroll. So if it is your first year playing, it is very important to manage bankroll because we are now in June, at the end of June, but we have a long way to go before the season starts. So managing your bankroll is very important. But I also touched on there, Sean, the volume of leagues. If it is two leagues, if it is 20 leagues, if it is, you know, some people are drafting in multiple thousand leagues this year. You know, if you're max entering some of these tournaments at 150 entries at a time, that can add up very quickly. So the percentage is going to vary dramatically based on how many you're playing in. But I guess we'll say for this example, maybe we'll go with 20 leagues because 
that means that you can draft a player multiple times and not just have 50% off them on your roster. What is the point where you become concerned about how much you have drafted of a player in my one? I don't think, I don't know if I'll ever get to the point again where I was at with James Conner last year because I was starting to get worried, but we were in the 40% range heading into week one when that happened. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I try not to look at it from the perspective of, of a specific percentage, but more from trying to make sure that I'm getting value on those guys. And as we get deeper into draft season and there's someone who is extremely highly rostered, then I'm going to move a little bit in the direction of needing a better value on them all the way through. So a player that I was hitting a lot, three or four spots above ADP in the early going and end up getting just a, a huge exposure then in the second half maybe you're looking to get those players three four five six seven spots below adp i think the bankroll mention is a good one we don't want anybody to uh, get so excited about the potential of these contests and the fun of these contests and one of the things i encourage people to think about is not so much the return but the fun i mean if you're playing fantasy football to make money. I mean, that's going to be something that works for a handful of people who are spending you know, all of their time on it. But so much of the value to you as a listener, as a player, is that it's just, it's so much fun. So we're going to be thinking about it from a fun perspective. We're going to be thinking about it from a perspective of not spending more money than you have. I've been fortunate enough to cash in a pretty big way on a number of circumstances. And I'm not necessarily looking to plow all of that money back in in part because I do, for me personally, I want to be heavy on the players that I like. Many listeners will know one of the very lucky things that happened to me was finishing first and second in the NFFC primetime contest in 2013. If I'm not drafting some similar rosters, that's not going to happen, right? You're not going to have the players to finish both first and second unless there's a lot of overlap. And so I like to go with the players that I think give the best chance 
to win, even if I end up being high on them. And I know that in certain years, like I mentioned, I think there have been four years that I did poorly. I want to be able to withstand those years as opposed to be so diversified in all years that my upside has also been diversified away. That also means you have to be cognizant of what you're spending in the years that maybe you lose out because you don't want to lose all your money when you hit one of these rougher years. Then I think we can get into the nuance a little bit where there are some ways that you can play it where I think the diversification matters. I think you want a little bit more diversification early. This question obviously related to Jalen Waddell. There are some interesting names on the board in this example that is presented in terms of Nick Chubb, Mike Williams. Mike Williams, someone who's probably being overdrafted. And yet within the context of this Los Angeles Chargers offense, you can see the upside there. So if you can get him below ADP, even if you think he's overvalued, the fact that you got a better value on him than most drafters got, you'll probably want to take that and then build around him in a way that makes sense. And then you have exposure if he does hit. And so you could play it that way. We don't have Michael Pittman very high relative to consensus, but if Matt Ryan has sort of this resurgence, if he becomes sort of the Kurt Warner, then... Maybe you take him when he slides four or five spots below where he's going, because then when you did have him, you had him below what most drafters were playing. I also think that you want to have more diversification early because there's less chance for a player to absolutely destroy ADP in the opening rounds because the expectations are already so high, right? So, you know, we're looking at some of, we talked about having Waddle and not, not having higher than Tyree Kill straight up, but having him priced in a way or ranked in a way where we would end up with Waddle. We wouldn't necessarily end up with Hill, but if Hill falls below ADP, then you take him. Make sure you get a little bit of that exposure. The players that we're looking to get early will depend a little bit about how sort of legendary to use uh, the term that Patrick Crane has coined for running backs. You can look at that, I think, also for the wide receivers. Really trying to get the superstars at the positions as opposed to players who have a first month workload that kind of puts their projection up in this range. So that's what I would be doing there as I diversify, but you probably don't want to have all the same guys in the first one, two, three rounds. It's, it's just so hard for them to absolutely dominate. Now, again, you're going to be on some players and not on others. For example, Jonathan Taylor was someone that we were very high on last year because especially once he starts to fall into that, you know, 202, 203 range, the chance for him to finish is basically the 101, which is what we have been talking about through most of the summer and into July, August, was very high. And there is a, a big advantage to be gained from, number one, there's always a big advantage to be gained from drafting the best player. But if you draft the best player in the early second round, yeah, I mean, you still do dramatically outperform. So we are going after our players, but make sure that you're moving that around a little early. Another place where I'm okay being very heavy on a guy is if i think they're going to get more expensive now sometimes you're wrong about this there's a little bit of hubris in saying oh the, you know, the market is wrong on these players right now they're going to definitely get more expensive but one of the reasons that i was drafting a lot of hyper fragile early in underdog was that there were running backs there that it was almost impossible for them not to get more expensive right saquon barkley was one we've now seen him move Brees hall is another we haven't really seen that move yet i think that we will as reports are going to continue to trickle out that you know he's the best player on the jets travis Etienne was one and he's taken 
a huge jump just in the last couple of weeks, which is unfortunate, but hopefully you had a lot of exposure to him early when the price was kind of silly. And then J.K. Dobbins is another one that I expect to go. Now, he's going to go in the other direction still for a while. And there's a, you know, if you're right on four or five of these and then wrong on one or two, you come out ahead. There's a chance that Dobbins sinks and sinks and sinks. At the same time, you know, he goes out in not necessarily the preseason. I don't know if the, he's going to play at all if the Baltimore running backs are going to play early on. But you have some of these practices where no one can touch him and he's through the hole and you know to daylight and those reports come out i mean is he not going to jump into the third round so he's one where there's a lot of range but also on that list and then trey lance you know i, I want to stop mentioning that because i don't want him to jump but i do think that he will so if you have players where you feel like you have to get the exposure now because you're not going to be able to get the exposure later i mean javante williams was one such player last year where we we're getting exposure early and then not so much late because you know once a player who's sharing time with melvin gordon gets into round four it's going to be difficult to beat that it's not impossible if melvin gordon had gotten hurt then you know javante williams perhaps is the ultimate league winner in all of 2021 but you want to kind of think through it from that perspective and then finally colin one of the things here and blair andrews has the win the flex tool up for 2022 it's one of the favorite tools that i have it gives you just so much kind of environmental awareness on how these leagues play out in any given year but the other reason that i was drafting a lot of hyper fragile and underdog is that these are very different formats so one of the things that you see with the underdog is that because you have two running backs and three wide receivers guaranteed and then the one flex you know that you have to build a team that will work with three wide receivers so it has to be wide receiver heavy enough to match that but we also know that the FFPC is basically a two running back for wide receiver format. If you're drafting running backs to get into the flex, you're almost certainly going to lose. Now that doesn't have to happen every year. We've talked about the fact that we're going to have another 2016 at some point. And 2016 was the year where the running back heavy drafters dominated. I mean, they won all the leagues, they won all the money and it, it played out very nicely. That's going to happen again. If it happens in 2022, then some of these thoughts on, Oh, it's a two running back for wide receiver format. You know, we'll look, bad specifically for that season but big picture we know it's two running back four wide receiver it's not really being drafted that way and, and part of the reason it's two running back four wide receivers is because it's full ppr and underdog is not you look at the numbers here and you're getting very good values related to format if you select wide receivers early in ffpc you're getting a very good value related to format if you select running backs early and underdog you can i think that you have to play these formats off of each other and i think you can even play it off of dynasty where in some of the dynasty formats we're seeing really weird prices on players relative to where they're going in best ball select the player who fits the best for the format and is the best value in that format we've got a lot of tools up at rotaviz and a lot of content up at rotaviz to help you determine what those plays are I would feel good having heavy exposure to the players who are the right value in their format. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, we talk a lot about how the ADP will change over the, the course of the year or over the course of the summer. And you touched on it there, drafting those players that you think are, there's no chance they're going to stay at those values. There's even some drafts and an article that you had out last week, you mentioned about drafting Julio Jones in the last round or the last two rounds of drafts. You've mentioned ETN who's climbing up. I think Brees Hall is going to climb up and Sean, 
as much as we don't want it to happen, I think that Trey Lance's value is going to continue to climb up as well. So there is a case of being aware of when to draft those. And on the reverse side of that, sometimes like you touched on with player values and how those sometimes can go the opposite way and decline. And then you're getting players who maybe you weren't drafting early at this point of the year, who you are drafting at a later stage based on how the ADPs and things shift. So lots of good conversation there. A great question coming in. Thank you again to Parker for sending that one in. If you have any questions that you want to send in to myself and Sean, we're getting some fantastic ones from the Rotoviz Overtime community over the last month or so. Well, I guess, oh, that was a, uh, a misspeak on my part. I say, I'd say since we started the podcast, Sean, we've been getting great questions. But over the last month or so, we've been getting so many fantastic ones, really thought-provoking ones, and it's great to get those in from the listeners. But that is going to bring us, Sean, to close out a week off podcast here where we have five shows. If you haven't heard the draft that myself and Sean did over at the FFPC in that Superflex tournament, you can head back and check that out. But we will be back on Tuesday with another show. And before we go, I want to let you know, as always, as a loyal podcast listener, you can get that 10% discount to get yourself access to all of that content and tools up on the website. You can use code RVRADIO2022 at checkout on rotoviz.com get access to all of that content all of those tools and set you up for the 2022 season my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland as always sean siegel is my co-host here on the show check out all the shows that he's doing as well on the stealing bananas podcast feed with ben gretch and until we're back on tuesday have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Road of His Radio. Please rate and review the Road of His Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at roadofhisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Road of His Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Road of His with a discount through the Road of His Radio homepage, roadofhis.com forward slash podcast.